I believe there are two ways to look at your career. One is like it's a minefield, filled with devices put there by others, expectations, constraints, bias, pressure, glass ceilings, glass cliffs. Or the other is that it's a playing field and you can master the game with tools, mindset, support, communities, and a powerful stance that helps you own your story, take your place, and step into your power. While the former certainly is rooted in a lot of systemic realities, this podcast, it's about the latter. This podcast is about us, as women, doing our thing to make our career our very own playing field. Welcome to Speaking with Women. I'm your host, Vivishi Hailey. I'm a serial entrepreneur and the mom of one, a third culture kid, a career and personal branding advisor, and I am pretty obsessed with helping women step into their professional power. So I invite you to join me and let's step into our power together. I'm very proud to be creating this episode. I think it's a testament to me trying to not be my usual rigid self with the podcast. So I usually, I think I've told you about this, I usually have a pretty structured process to create solo episodes. I will, you know, think about a subject, I will research it, I'll make like a quick, you know, model, and then I'll script it. And what happened is that that was keeping me stuck. I I knew there were things I wanted to say. And in this trip to Ghana, so for those that don't know, I am doing this episode in a makeshift studio in my hotel room. So I have like these big hotel room pillows that I've put around my microphone for sound. And I'm just recording this off the cuff. I didn't script it. I've had ideas. And I kept coming to script those ideas and then I would get stuck because it wasn't ideas that wanted to be put into like a three-part model and scripted with a certain number of words. I actually don't know how long this episode is going to be and I usually know because I know the word count. But I find it interesting that I gave myself the permission to do this, to just come and talk to you. I know what I want to talk to you about and what I want to share with you, but it's not going to be in a scripted form. So maybe this is the beginning of a new era for the podcast. Who knows? (laughs) This might unlock me just picking up my mic and, you know, going to talk to random strangers. And yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So I'm in Ghana and I am here because this episode was supposed to be called Manifesting Ghana. I'm here because last April, so close to six months ago now, I saw a post on LinkedIn, a friend of mine liked a post on LinkedIn from a woman who was doing a retreat in Ghana. And I had, for some reason, I'm obsessed with Ghana. And I I saw that post, reached out to her and said, oh my God, who is this woman doing the retreat? And she put us in contact. And anyway, that's a long story, but six months later, I'm here. And so I had planned this episode called Manifesting Ghana. And when I sat down to try and do it, I think it's too close to the experience. So I haven't yet unpacked everything that it means, but there are a few things that I realized. One of the things that I realized is that you don't leave yourself behind when you move to another country, another city, another house another relationship. You don't leave yourself behind. You take yourself with you. So when I woke up in Accra, 
the morning after I flew in, I woke up the same person. And I realized that there might have been an expectation on my part that something different would happen, that I would have like an illumination, the level of expectation I had for the trip and for all the changes that I had been making in my life. I think there was an expectation that was not met when I woke up the next morning because I was the same person. And this made me think of change. You know, I'm a change manager by trade before I started doing this work with women. The consulting I was doing was in change management and organizational design. And so I've been trained in change management and I'm someone who has lived change my entire life. You know, I lived in so many different countries, three continents, I think. Yeah, three continents. I've known change my whole life, but I think this was the first time I theorized to myself how change happens. And it happens in such micro increments that we don't actually see it happen. When we are in the process of change, we don't see that process happening. It's after looking back that you see that you're a different person. And so for me, this trip is monumental because, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. COVID was really hard for me. I caught COVID, got long COVID, led to depression, burnout, like name it. And I became a recluse. I really like closed myself in, developed some hardcore social anxiety, and I just didn't feel like seeing people. (laughs) I was fine with not seeing people. And so when I started to emerge from all of that, when I got the energy to start bringing myself back, I made like these small incremental changes around my health, food, you know, quitting wine. There were so many things that I put in place. And then there was this trip. And this trip in my mind was a big deal. I made it happen. I had put a post-it on my computer that said, nothing is going to keep me from Ghana. I had made a lot of sacrifices for it. Like, (laughs) it was a process getting here. And when I got here, I got here two days before the group. So this trip is with a group. We are, I think, 14, maybe 12 to 14 women. And I came here before them, a couple of days before them. And so when I got here... I was expecting a big bang. I was expecting a revelation. I knew that I had no idea why I was coming to Ghana. I didn't have clarity on the why, but I thought that, you know, it was going to be some kind of spiritual revelation (laughs) and nothing happened. Absolutely nothing, which for the first 24 hours put me a little bit in a funk. And it's the same funk I was in 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 Montreal. I was like, how did I export my funk? How am I sitting in a hotel room thousands of miles from Montreal and I'm still feeling this crappy things I was feeling in Montreal? And then I slept and slept and slept and the group came and the group is wonderful, beautiful, spectacular women who are all extroverts, the vast majority of them. And that brought out my introversion. And I was like, okay, I haven't seen people for two years. And now I'm in a group with hardcore extroverts who love being together all the time. (laughs) I need space. And so here's where the story is going. When I realized that I needed space, I started to realize I could give myself permission to ask for that space and to give myself that space. And that's when I started thinking about this 
incremental change that we don't see happening. I wouldn't have done that before. I wouldn't have said, this is who I am. I am someone who needs a lot of alone time. A lot. Probably, I'm not sure, but probably more than most. And I wasn't getting it by being in a group as much as I loved being with these women. And so I think the second or third day after we had had an event, a big event, the day after the event, we were supposed to go in a group shopping. And I said, no, I'm going to stay at the hotel. And I stayed by myself the entire day. And it was wonderful. And today is the day after that. And I'm refreshed. I went to the gym this morning. I gave myself permission to record this podcast off the cuff, not knowing what it was going to give. I have no idea if you're going to enjoy it. I had no idea if I was going to enjoy it. But I said, I want to talk about this experience and a couple of other things. Scripting it doesn't feel good to me right now. So I'm just going to turn on my mic and record. So all along the way, there are these changes that I'm seeing where I'm allowing myself more and more in a way that I didn't before. I'm going to go hang out with the group today and I'm feeling good about that. And the other thing that will happen is that I know now that by asking for what I want, which is I need space, even though, I mean, I've paid for all the activities, right? Like the first thing that came to my mind was like, come on, baby, you're not going to come all the way to the other side of the world and then not benefit from the activities sleep in, work, because that's also what I did. I took a couple of hours to try and script a podcast, but it made me happy. That's what I wanted. And I got what I, I gave myself. I didn't get, I gave myself what I wanted. And now I'm refreshed and I feel good. So change happens incrementally and we discover it in the things that we do that are different, that we wouldn't have done before, and that we wouldn't have expected ourselves to be able to do. And I'm generalizing, but the truth is I'm talking about myself and I'm hoping that this experience will give you some insights about things that might feel difficult or different things that you want from your life that feel like you're not getting them. Maybe you're thinking about the big thing that you want and you're not seeing this whole process of change that you might be in that is getting you what you want that got me to Ghana. And that makes me a different woman from who I was two years ago, but in small, incremental, intentional changes. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. The second thing I wanted to talk to you about is this idea that visibility might not be a monolith thing. Here's what I mean by that. I had a chat with a girlfriend yesterday, you know, when I stayed in the hotel. I have a friend in Europe with whom another entrepreneur we do like these co-working sessions. So we did one yesterday and we were talking about visibility as a multifaceted thing because I realized that there are aspects. I'm so comfortable online. With my online visibility, I'm so comfortable. But let me tell you, Saturday's event with the group, and then there was not just a group. There were at least another 30 women from Ghana, Nigeria, women who came for that event. And it was extra. It was extra, extra. And there were videographers and photographers all the time. Cameras in my face from start to finish. Music and noise from start to finish. And <laughs> I don't know if there are any of you out there who are introverted or who have ADHD, 
But let me tell you the level of hyperstimulation I was in and how much I wanted to hide under a rock. At some point, there was a naming ceremony and it was a beautiful event. I mean, I was in tears from the beginning to the end. Don't get me wrong. The event was just beautiful. And there was a traditional naming ceremony and they named all of us with a traditional name that comes from the day we were born. And so they called us up to the beating of drums to name us. But they were the cameras and the photographers and the drums and everybody looking and the lights and the noise. And I swear to you, I thought I was going to die. I'm not afraid of posting on LinkedIn. I'm not afraid of doing a conference. I'm not afraid of recording this podcast. But walking out in front of a room in a space that I don't control with loud music, people dancing. Oh my God. But then there were other women who, when they walked up to be named, hyped up the drums. They literally, with their hands, hyped up the drums, danced to it, got their named, and walked off. And I was like, this is such a different way of being visible. And if I think about my visibility as an onion with layers to be peeled off, that particular layer is still buried really, really, really deep. At the start, I thought about it as a continuum from highly visible to invisible. And then on that continuum, we could plot the different spaces in our life and how comfortable we are being visible in these different spaces. So for instance, in your relationships, in your professional life, as a leader, a lot of times I have a couple of girlfriends who have leadership roles And it's natural for them, right? They are born leaders. And so they're very comfortable being visible as a leader, but there are other spaces in which they might be uncomfortable. So I had thought about it as a continuum at the beginning, but I was like, you know, a continuum is too unidimensional. And then with my girlfriend, she came up actually with the idea of onion layers and these layers, the capacity to unpeel these layers depended on so many things, on your energy, on the space? Like, are you in a safe space that allows you to be visible? And is that why in certain spaces we're visible and in other spaces we're not? And so I found this really useful because, you know, I talk about visibility and we think about visibility. The first thing we think about is online, personal brand, letting, you know, media, PR, all of that. But the truth is there are so many different aspects of our visibility And all of us probably have a space in which we are very comfortable being visible. And understanding why we're comfortable being visible in that particular space and time, we can then take that formula and apply it to other spaces in which we're not comfortable. So if I use my own example, I'm comfortable online and I wondered, well, why are you comfortable online? Well, I'm comfortable online because I write out my stuff so I can play around with words and I enjoy it. But also, I don't have to be in a social interaction, a direct social interaction, which allows me to control sensorially, control my environment. And that's super important for me. I get overwhelmed. But being online, I don't get overwhelmed because there's a distance between me and people. So it's easy. Same thing as a speaker. I'm interacting with people, but it's one too many I'm not in the middle of a group hearing everybody talk at the same time, trying to manage a conversation. Here, I'm the one speaking to the group. 
And you know what? At the end of a talk, I usually hightail it out of there. I don't stay to have a chit chat. So thinking about why online feels good for me allows me to think about what are the circumstances and the characteristics that I need to feel safe in other spaces. So that's it. Voila, those are the two ideas I wanted to share with you. I'm going to go spend a day visiting women-owned businesses. We're supposed to be chic. I had another panic attack when I read that. I was like, chic? I don't know how to do chic. I do Birkenstocks. What are you talking about? (laughs) So I'm going to right now try and be chic. But we're going to go and do that. Spend the day going to women businesses. And then you know what? If I need time to myself, I'm going to take it. So maybe that's part of the learning experience for me coming here. This idea that I'm the same person with the same needs. I'm not going to change overnight. And it's not because I visualize this eat, pray, love. Listen to me. Don't watch eat, pray, love. Don't think that that idea of change is a real one. That visualization for me is not happening. But what is happening is that I get to experience being with a group in a way that feels good for me and having no expectation for myself to be anyone other than who I am. I'm not an extrovert. I'm not extra. I'm someone who has a bubble that is really, really large. And that's okay. I get to have that and to be with people and to be thousands of miles away from home and to be visible in a way that feels good for me. So I hope you found this useful, or at least entertaining. (laughs) This might be the first time I do such a short episode, and I will speak to you again soon.